This is a reminder you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. Welcome back, everybody, to the Breakfast Show on Faith FM. Uh, we're moving on to it. We had a we had a winner for our quiz. Someone answered the our quiz before. Michael from Lambs Valley correctly guessed thorns. So congratulations to Michael. We have a because he answered the previous quiz. It means we have a brand new quiz for the second hour this morning. Again, this is a what am I? And here we go. This you were not to have steps that led to this. You were not to have steps that led to this. What is this? That is correct, Lyle. So if you think you know the answer... You're doing well there, Liam. My my pen's not even working. You still read what I read. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I got the general... I'm getting good at reading writing... um, Reading the, the, reading, the strokes reading of my the pen, strokes, the strokes indeed. of my pen as they uh, indeed. As so, they if you happen. think you know what the answer is at home or wherever you're listening from, give us a call at one eight hundred three two four eight four three. That's one eight hundred Faith FM, or you can send us a text at zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. And if you are the first person in with the correct answer for our brand new quiz this morning, we will be sending you a copy of Hope for a Helpless Planet by Chris Holland. You know, there's lots of questions going around. Is Jesus really coming? Uh, it's it's a question that we've been trying to Particularly answer. Particularly right now. Absolutely. It's a question we've been trying to answer for quite a long time. And, um, yeah, so this book might uh, help answer some of those questions. Absolutely. And, of course, don't don't forget that this Saturday morning between 9.30 and 10.30, Matt Parra and myself will be doing the... Uh, small group Bible study. So if you are missing that as a part of your church worship experience, or if you'd just like to be part of a small group Bible study, then join in. It will be live. It will be interactive. You can call in and uh, chat with us. And we've been getting some regular uh, callers have been coming through and being a part, becoming a part of that particular Bible study. So we are looking forward to having all of you guys back again, as well as everybody else joining us for small group Bible study this Saturday morning between 9.30 and 10.30. Make sure that you join us right there. Our subject today is Jesus and the law. Let's go to Matthew chapter 5, verse 17 through 20, please. Liam, in fact, we'll start in verse 17, if we could there, please. Okay, okay. So chapter 5, verse 17. Don't misunderstand why I have come. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose is achieved. So if you ignore the least commandment and teach others to do the same, you will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But anyone who obeys God's law and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. But I warn you, unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Okay, so if we take a look at this uh, passage right here, many people, they do dispute the issue of, you know, what Jesus taught about the law of God. And I kind of wonder why they do. It's, it's a strange thing. Why would anybody dispute what Jesus taught about the law of God? Uh, of course, we need to get some context for this. There are five major laws in the Bible, and which one of them is being spoken of right here? 
Uh, if we go down to like, well, let's go to verse 21. Let's read the next verse because context will always tell you exactly which law it is that you are speaking about. Is Jesus speaking about the ceremonial law? Is Jesus speaking about the theocratic laws? Is Jesus speaking about the laws of health and hygiene? Is Jesus speaking about the Ten Commandments? Which law is Jesus saying will never pass away? Uh, Liam, go for it. Verse you, 21. You have heard that our ancestors... Sorry, you... Yes, you have heard that our ancestors were told you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. Let me read that from the King James Version. Just in case you missed it, it says, You have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not kill. And whoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. Indeed. What law do you find the words thou shalt not kill in? The Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments. So very clearly, so we now put this into some context. Um, And context is always important when talking about the law. Jesus here is speaking about the Ten Commandments. And what we need to do then is to find out what is Jesus' attitude towards the Ten Commandments. Many people will say, oh, you know, Jesus nailed them to the cross. The law of God has been done away with. Well, if Jesus nailed the, the Ten Commandments to the cross, then the only conclusion that you can come to and the conclusion that you are forced to come to is that thou shalt not kill has been nailed to the cross and done away with. Yep. The reality is that Christians never nail Thou shalt not kill to the Ten Commandments, to to, to the cross. No. The simple reality is, and I want you all to stop and think about this, the only one of the Ten Commandments that ever gets nailed to the cross is the fourth one. Yeah. Uh, They never, ever worry about any of the others. They just nail up the fourth one. Or they nail all ten up and then pull nine back down and like, oh, we'll keep those nine. But that fourth one, we just can't stand. And it's like, what on earth is going on with that? I mean, that makes zero sense whatsoever at all. God has given us the greatest blessing that you can ever imagine. Uh, God has given us a weekly public holiday. Uh, Who doesn't want that? I mean, when was the last time you were complaining to the Australian government because we have too many public holidays? Never. I love public holidays. It's a time to... I like to think of it as a time to reset, refresh, and just rewire your mind to get going from the start again. Absolutely. Okay, so we've got this, uh, we've got this whole um, situation here happening, which is kind of strange. But anyway, we need to understand what is Jesus' attitude towards the law of God. So we're going to begin in verse 17. Think not that I have come to destroy the law. Let's stop there before we go any further, because the next line is obviously going to be in contrast to that first line. So Jesus' introduction is are the words on which you base the rest of this passage. And he says, do not think that I came to destroy the law. No, his intent was much different to that. What is the opposite of destroy? To uh, promote or to build upon. Yes, to promote it, to build on it. And that's exactly what he does as he goes down through Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 is kind of like Jesus... um, um, it's kind of like his manifesto. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's it, it outlines you know what the what the government of God is. It outlines the character of Jesus. It outlines how a Christian should live. It is all and part it starts of, with a whole chapter about the law of God. Yeah, and it's it's all part of his his famous sermon on the mount. Yeah, and then and then it goes on and it's going to talk about further on in the passage. It's going to talk about the spirit of the law. Yeah. It's going to contrast the spirit of the law with the letter of the law. And so often I have people who come to me and they're like, oh, well, you know, we, what, we, keep the, uh, we keep the spirit of the law. 
We're not into keeping the letter of the law. And every time you hear that coming from a Christian, there is a very powerful implication in it that somehow the spirit of the law is more lax than the letter of the law. Yeah. And that, well, we we, we keep the spirit of the law. Um, We we don't keep all of the specifics of it. Mm. What you find, though is the spirit of the law is way more specific than the letter of the law is, like infinitely more specific. For example, the Bible says here in verse 21, we just read it, you have heard it, it was said by them of old time, you shall not kill. Whoever shall, shall kill will be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you, see, here comes the spirit of the law. Whoever is angry with his brother without cause shall be in danger of the judgment. Whoever shall say to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever say, shall say, you fool, shall be in danger of hell. And so Jesus, Jesus brings out the spirit of the law. The letter of the law says don't kill. So as long as you don't kill anyone, you're good. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, it's not hard to do. No. I've never really struggled with not killing human beings. I've, I've never killed anyone. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to have a problem with that in no, the future. Never struggled with that. But what about hating someone? That is something I've struggled with. Uh Aha, that's something we have all struggled with. And Jesus says this is what that commandment is actually all about. That's the spirit of the commandment. Yeah. Is don't hate anyone. So he's unpacking each of the, in this particular verse, he's unpacking uh, that commandment that this is what it says, but this is what it means. Yeah. This This is more detail about what is the underlying factor about what it says. Okay, so the letter of the law is way simpler and more basic than what the spirit of the law is. Okay, if we go back to verse 17, don't think that I have come to destroy. It continues on. It says uh, in the rest of that verse, I have not come to destroy but to fulfill. Now, some people question, what does this word fulfill mean? Does it mean that you know Jesus kept the law up until he died and when he died it was nailed to the cross? No, fulfill is used as a word in contrast with the word destroy. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. And so if it's in contrast with the word destroy, it's going to be the opposite of the word destroy. So the context of the word fulfill is going to be the opposite of destroy, and that means to preserve. Yeah. So you've got, kind of got two options with fulfill. Fulfill means could mean to keep it himself, which Jesus absolutely did. Absolutely. Um, fulfill can also mean to, um, you know, to establish it, and that's exactly what Jesus did. Yep. Um, Jesus came to keep the law of God and to establish the law of God. He came to do the exact opposite of destroy the law of God. Therefore, he came to preserve the law of God. Okay, so let's uh, continue on right here and let's see what else it says. Um, It's going to give you a very simple test at this particular point as to whether you know whether the law of God is still in force or not. Whether there's still an expectation by God that we keep his law, it gives us a very simple test in verse 18. Um, And could you read it for us, please? Absolutely. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear disappear until its purpose is achieved. Okay, mine says jot or tittle. Right. Which simply means uh, punctuation marks. Yeah. Not the smallest punctuation mark is going to disappear from God's law. Yeah. Until all is fulfilled. Yeah. 
Okay, so when you uh, look at this particular verse right here, the Bible gives you a very easy way of knowing whether the law of God was nailed to the cross and done away with or not. Mm. All you need to have is a window. Indeed. You look out the window and you ask yourself, is the heaven, is the atmospheric heaven still there? Yep. I can still see it. It's blue outside. It's blue this morning, uh, which is kind of nice. And then I go back to the verse and the verse verse says, uh, earth, is the earth still there? Uh, Yep. I'm Tick holding that the, box. Holding the earth in my hand. <laughs> He's got. <laughs> I'm he gonna, has a, a, an earth-shaped I ball do. in his hand. I do indeed. Uh, with a map of the earth on it. But, okay, so we've got two boxes here that we can tick. They're two tick boxes that God has given us to know whether or not the law has been done away with, and we can tick both of those boxes right there because we can see out the window, yes, the atmospheric heavens is still there. Yes, the earth is still there. Therefore, God's law is still there. Indeed. So God has Jesus has a very very uh, uh, positive attitude towards uh, the law of God, and He commands us very very clearly that you know this is not going to be done away with, not until heaven and earth pass away, and heaven and earth are never going to pass away, so it's never going to be done away with. No. Uh, verse nineteen, please. Verse nineteen, it says, "So if you ignore the least commandment and teach others to do the same." You will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But anyone who obeys God's law and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Okay. And once again, uh, whereabouts do you want to be in the kingdom of heaven? I want to be in the good bit. I want to be in it. I want to be in it to begin with. Absolutely. Uh, But you would want to be great in the kingdom of heaven rather than least in the kingdom of heaven if you were in heaven. Absolutely. Very good. Let's go on to Matthew chapter 22, verse 29, and let's look at God's, at Jesus' attitude towards the law and the prophets. We're going, to, we're going to expand this to be more than just the law because it includes the law and the prophets. I've made it about more about the law, but you do find a lesser group of Christians who describe themselves as New Testament Christians, which is a little bit like claiming to be a one-third Christian. Yeah. Because one-third of the Bible is the New Testament. And I'm not interested in being a one-third Christian. I'm interested in being a 100% Christian. Um, one whole. One Exactly. Okay, so Matthew 22, verse 29, please, Liam. It says, Jesus replied, Your mistake is that you don't know the Scriptures, and you don't know the power of God. Okay, so this is an example where they've come to him with this, you know, this puzzling question, where you have... You know, this woman who has a husband and the husband dies and so she gets married again. Yeah. And then he dies and she gets married again and it happens seven times. You would be feeling like, what's wrong with me at that particular point, wouldn't you? Yeah. If you were that woman, something, like, something's cursed. Why, 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 why am all of my husbands, well, how can I be killing all of my husbands like this? But the, the Sadducees come to Jesus and, of course, the Sadducees don't believe in the resurrection. Yeah. And so the Sadducees are like, well, you know, there's no such thing as a resurrection, but let's see if we can trap Jesus on this one because, you know, the Bible says, you know, thou shalt not commit adultery. You can't be married to more than one person at a time. Uh, the Bible is very, very clearly against polygamy, even though there were people who, who did practice it on occasion. So if the Bible is so much against polygamy and the Bible clearly says thou shalt not commit adultery. Yep which you find with polygamy. And this woman has been married to seven different husbands. Who's she going to be married to in heaven? Which that, one? That's a good question. My, um, it's a question that I, I, I've, I've 
wonder about my own grandparents. My grandfather uh, passed away two years ago, and my, my grandmother recently remarried. Oh, congratulations. So, yeah, congratulations, Nan, if you're listening. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it does ask the question, what's it going to look like in heaven? Yes. Okay, so, uh, and of course here, Jesus replies by saying, you err. In other words, you are wrong. Uh, the reason that you are wrong is that you don't know the Scriptures. Neither do you know the power of God. Yep. And so Jesus includes two things here, and I think this is really important for us to understand as part of this Bible study, is the reason that the Sadducees are so wrong is because they have not been studying their Bibles. Yeah. So the first thing that Jesus highlights here is like, guys, go back and read your Bible. You need to know your Bible. You need to study the Bible. You need to know it inside out, back to front, and upside down. And you don't know it because you don't know it, then you don't know the answer to this question. And you somehow think that this question is a problem. Yeah. The other thing that he brings out is you don't know God. You don't know the power of God. You're not experiencing the power of God in your life. And so there's two parts to Christianity. It's not just about an intellectual knowledge of the Scriptures. It's about a living experience of the Scriptures within your life yeah. where you know God and you've experienced the power of God. So let's go, uh, well, let's continue on here. Um, and Jesus, of course, gives the answer in verse 30 where he says, For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are they given in marriage, but are as the angels of God in heaven. What does yours actually say there in verse 30? Mine says, For when the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. In this respect, they will be, they will be like angels in heaven. Yeah, same, same, yeah. same. Yep. Okay, so Jesus is like, you know, this is not going to be an issue in heaven. What is your problem? There is no problem here. Um, why are we even having this discussion? You need to know your Bible and you need to know God. Okay, so let's look at another passage here. This one comes to us, uh, this one, this time, Matthew chapter 23. Matthew 23. Verse 2. Verse 2. And verse 3. Yep. Okay, it says, The teachers of religious law and the Pharisees are official interpreters of the law of Moses. So they practice, so, so practice and obey whatever they tell you, but don't follow their example. All right. Practice what they preach. Do what they say, do, not what, not they, what do. they do. Indeed. Ever had that kind of advice from somebody? Yeah, I have. People that have, you know, they've had their own personal life experiences that they've learned from, but they're struggling to implement in their own lives, but they're using that to promote a, a positive message. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a kind of strange experience that when is. someone says, do what I say, not what I do. Yeah. It's a way of saying my life is is a disaster. My life is a wreck. So if my life is such a disaster and such a wreck, then don't do what I'm doing. No. But do what I say because I'm going to tell you how not to turn your life into the train wreck that I'm in. In my mind, I meet somebody like that and it's like, well, you know what? Um, a picture speaks a thousand words. Yeah. And if you actually did it, yeah, it would be a thousand times more powerful than if you just talked yeah. about it. And what you find is the Pharisees spend a lot of time talking about it and not very, actually, yeah. very little time Not actually, actually doing, doing it. it themselves. That's right. Okay, whatsoever they bid you observe, do that. But do not after their works, for they say and do not, um, it says here. 
Now, what's interesting here is that the Pharisees, of course, are teaching about you know the law of God. They're teaching about the Ten Commandments. And so Jesus is upholding what they're saying about the law of God and the Ten Commandments. And he's saying, like, yeah, go ahead and do it. Just don't do what they do because they are hypocrites in doing so. <laughs> yeah. Let's go back a few verses here. Uh, let's go back to chapter 22, and we're going to read here. Uh, we're going to start in verse 34. We've got a bit of a passage here about a Pharisee who comes to Jesus, has a, has a question that he wants to ask him. It's an honest question, and it's one that we often read the first half of and not the last. Yeah. So today we're going to read the last part of it. But before we do, this is the Downing family. Journey on, Believer. Bible story as it's told Said a man named Joseph had a coat It made his brothers green with jealousy They sold him into slavery He pressed on with bravery Till he was next in line to Egypt's king Journey on, believer Keep your eyes upon the Lord
You're listening to The Downing Family with Jenny Unbeliever. This is The Breakfast Show. We're about to have another clue for our quiz, and Liam is about to give it to us. Second quiz of the day today. Liam, go for it. We are indeed. Here we go. Clue number two. Noah built one of these. So there you go. With this clue, think uh-huh. about the previous clue as well. Yes. You have to have it that in the context of the previous clue. Give us a call. 1-800-324-843 is the number to call. Uh, or text us on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. If you know the answer, it will have to be in the context of my clue. Is it has to be in the context of the previous clue? Indeed, absolutely. Else, you will get it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's, uh, a, that's a bit of a curveball clue. It right is indeed, there, particularly when you hear it on its own. It is indeed. And if you are the first person in to, to guess with the correct answer, we will be sending you a copy of Hope for a Helpless Planet by Chris Holland. Uh, answering questions about, you know, when, are we in the end times? Is Jesus really coming soon? Um, so, yeah. Don't forget to tune in this Saturday morning between 9.30 and 10.30 for small group interactive Bible study. It will be happening right here on Faith FM. And you'll be able to join in with your say, uh, Matt Parra and myself presenting uh, Bible study for the week, small group Bible study for the week. If you are missing that from your worship experience, then you can join us right here. We'll be providing it right throughout the coronavirus lockdown until churches open again. We are up to, we are doing our Encounter with God Bible study. We're about to read from Matthew chapter 22, starting in verse 34. And I want you to finish in verse 39, please, Liam. Okie dokie. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they met together to question him again. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Okay. So here we've got Jesus. You know, a lawyer is trying to trap Jesus, basically. Trying to back him into a corner and start a discussion that there is no right or wrong answer to. And that discussion is going to revolve around which is the greatest of the commandments. And so the Pharisees at times would have very long and detailed debates over which was the greatest of the commandments. And it's one of those arguments that there is no right answer to, there is no wrong answer to, because they're all actually equal. Yep. Uh, but, you know, they would they, they, they figure, okay, we can get Jesus into a discussion here, we can get him to a debate, we can, we can put him in a box. And so if Jesus comes out and says, you know, the first commandment is the greatest, then they'll put him in that box. Yep. If Jesus comes out and says, well, you know, the 10th commandment is the greatest and these are the reasons why, then they'll put him in that box. Yeah. And they're trying to put him into a box. And Jesus, of course, always refused to be put into a box. And so Jesus gives this interesting reply. Now, in this reply, Christians often refer to this and Jesus refers to it as the new commandment. Yeah. You shall love the Lord your God with all your soul, with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. Why does Jesus call that the new commandment? And how, if this, if this is the new commandment, how does it relate to the old one? Well, I think the first, the first commandment that he gives, uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul. Um, this, it, I, I, this is sort of stems, it breaks down the first four commandments and really wraps it all into one thing. And you can connect every single one of the first four commandments to this. They all follow what this says. 
Okay, but why does he call it a new commandment? I think the Pharisees, they're, they're so caught up in complicating things that Jesus simplified it. So from instead of four commandments for the first four, he, he simplified it because they needed one to really send the message home. Yeah, to simplify it. Yep, okay. So let's think about it from this perspective. Well, let me ask this next question. If this is a new one, what does that mean to, about the old ones? It... Because when you give something new, doesn't it? Doesn't that imply? And, and the Bible very clearly, Jesus very clearly says this is a new commandment. Doesn't that reply replacement? I was sort of I was thinking about this last night when I was preparing, and a way that I've sort of been looking at it is that there's the first commandment and the second commandment, and then the first the, 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 those are the two commandments is referenced here. The first commandment has four sub commandments, and then the second commandment has six sub commandments. So there's still ten commandments. And that they've just been put into two groups. Two been, categories. Two categories generalized by one each overarching, overarching commandment. Okay, but does the does the does a new one Yeah, okay, yep, 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 fair enough. All right, so let's um let's let's consider something else here for a moment. Yep. Um Jesus here is quoting from the Old Testament. He is indeed. He's quoting from the book of Deuteronomy. He's quoting from the book of Leviticus when he says, you know, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. The second is like unto it, you shall love your neighbor as, himself, as yourself. So that's a, that's a quote from the Old Testament, from the writings of Moses himself. If this has been the case for the last three and a half thousand years, why would Jesus call it new? I mean, isn't this old? It's three and a half thousand years old. Maybe again, he's trying to send a message to the disciple, uh, to the the Pharisees. Um, they've they've got this mindset, and it's it's like he's come up with, you know, quote unquote, new thing. Where there's these people that have been having their minds set on something for so long, but they were given a bit of advice early on that they disregarded. And because they've already disregarded it to, to really get it into their head, they need to be reintroduced to it. And if they were introduced to it as an old thing that they, that they forgot or disregarded and they need to take you know, more importance out of, by saying it's a new, a, something new, people might accept it a bit, a bit more. For example, yeah, if, yeah, if yeah, I yeah. were to give you... So basically it was new to the people that, that it was a new thought to the listeners. Yeah. So it's like Jesus saying, here's a new thought. The Ten Commandments are summarized this way. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on. Let's read the verse here that uh, really clinches the whole thing. Let's read verse 40 and where it pulls the whole thing together. And this, is the, this by the way, is the verse that nobody ever reads. Yeah. People always come to me like, Jesus gave us a new commandment. He's done away with the Ten Commandments. Why are you talking about the Ten Commandments in your sermons? And I'm like, well, actually, no, Jesus didn't do away with the Ten Commandments. When he spoke the new law, he was quoting from the Old Testament. He was in indeed. In the Old Testament, love to God and love to each other was a summary of the Ten Commandments. In the New Testament, love to God and love to each other is a summary of the Ten Commandments. Please show me where that is different. Yep. So in verse 40, Jesus says, The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So the entire law of God, the whole Ten Commandments and the prophets, the writings of the prophets. In other words, the whole Bible is based on love God, love each other. Yeah. So you could we're not saying to disregard the Bible, but if you if you were to take anything out of the Bible, 
and forget the rest, it would be this bit here. Absolutely. And in doing so, Jesus is, is upholding the Word of God. He's upholding the Old Testament. This is the only Bible that Jesus had was the Old Testament. He quotes from it constantly, and he continually gives it authority. Yeah. Uh, there's a great quote here in our lesson study guide from a book called Christ's Object Lessons. Yes. Uh, just a fantastic book. If you've never read this book, then you need to read it. Really amazing devotional book or a Bible study resource or a sermon resource if you're a preacher like me. Um, it says, He, that's Jesus Christ, pointed to the Scriptures as of unquestionable authority. And we should do the same. The Bible is to be presented as the word of the infinite God. Absolutely. As the end of all controversy and the foundation of all faith. Love that quote right there. Gives so much certainty to it. In our last couple of seconds, the Bible says, Love works no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. When we love God and love each other, we will love the law of God and we will love to keep the law of God. It will be our love response to God. This is... Michael Smith with Ancient Words.
our team here at Faith FM want to encourage you to share God's love with those around you, to stay positive and to stay connected in this virus season. Check on your neighbours, especially elderly neighbours, as they may be unable to visit the shops or see family due to quarantines. A phone call, a note under the door offering support or a letter in the mailbox is the best way to make contact with our older folk and vulnerable people who may be self-isolating. Little things like this make a huge difference to someone who might be struggling to get by. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Are drugs or alcohol a problem in your life? Alcohol Drugs Assist, or ADA, is a 12-step recovery program designed to help you escape the hold of addictions in a friendly and judgment-free environment. ADA meets regularly, and if you'd like to attend, give Peter a call or text on 0487 907 879. That's 0487 907 879.
Welcome back, guys. That was Melissa Otto, Blue Sky. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. We've come to question of the day time. Before we do, we have another clue for our quiz. We're going to pump out one more quick question. One of these was placed in front of the entrance to the tabernacle. If you know what was placed in the front of the tabernacle at the entrance, give us a call at 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-FAITH-FM. Or send us a text at 0491-064669. And don't forget to tune in this Saturday morning between 9.30 and 10.30 for your interactive live small group Bible study taking place right here with Matt Parrott and myself. Liam, question of the day. Question kind of, of part day. two from last week. Question of the day. Um, yeah, so a question this morning. What what rules in Leviticus should we take as law and what should we take as advice? Okay, they're all law. They're all, okay. There's no such thing as advice. Well, which, they are all law. Which rules, which laws should we continue to follow today and which laws were more specified for back then? Yeah, and this is a good question because uh, the Bible does say that the ceremonial law was done away with. The ceremonial law was nailed to the cross. And there are a number of different laws that you find in the Bible with very, very clear distinctions between them. I don't have time to go into all of those distinctions during question of the daytime. Ask me more questions on this and I'll be happy to answer them. But there are very very, very clear distinctions between the different laws. First of all, you have the Ten Commandments. This is the eternal constitution of the government of God. It is the law of love. It is a description of his character. Therefore, it cannot, nor will it ever be changed. The Bible says that it is eternal that it will last forever. Then you have, of course, a number of other different laws. You have the laws of health and hygiene. Um, and of course, those are still binding. You, you know, what did God only want Jewish people to be healthy? Uh, the Bible is crystal clear that these are laws that are still binding right down to the very end of time. In fact, the Bible says that people will be destroyed when Jesus comes back for breaking the health laws that you find in the book of Leviticus. Um, and once again, if you've got some questions on that, you can ask me more and I will uh, give you some passages uh, to look up in relationship to that. So laws of health and hygiene, and of course, hey, what are we all doing right now? We're all in coronavirus lockdown because there is a virus floating around, which is the law of quarantine. And of course, the law of quarantine is part of the Levitical Code. If you get sick, put yourself in quarantine. And, you know, it's that simple. And these days, modern medicine uh, follows that. Okay, so you have laws of health and hygiene. You also have laws of the theocracy. Now, the laws of the theocracy are the laws that deal with civil penalties, uh, the civil penalties or the theocracy began with Moses and ended with Nebuchadnezzar's Babylonian invasion. After that, they, the Jews came under Babylonian rule, followed by Persian rule, followed by Roman rule, um, and then various different rules down through the diaspora um, down until our time. We do not live under a theocracy. We live under a democracy. Therefore, the rule, the laws of the theocracy, the civil penalties do not apply to us. They have not applied since the Babylonian invasion. Uh, so what have we dealt with so far? The health and hygiene, um, Ten Commandments, laws of the theocracy, and the laws of the, the ceremonial law. So the ceremonial law, let's talk about that for a moment. The ceremonial law are the laws of sacrifices and feast days. The sacrifices and feast days, their purpose was to point forward to Jesus Christ. And because they pointed forward to Jesus Christ and what he would do on Calvary, for instance, you know, Jesus was the Lamb of God um, who gave his life for the world. 
uh, and you know, John the Baptist clearly identifies him as such. So the laws of the the sacrificial laws come about because of sin. They are the result of sin and they are for sin. And so they originate in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve when they first sin. The ceremonial laws then extend all the way until Jesus dies on Calvary. When Jesus dies on Calvary, the veil of the temple, in other words, the veil that separates between the holy place and the most holy place, is torn from the top to the bottom. This is a veil that's 90 feet tall, a hand's breadth thick. It's impossible to tear. And it is torn supernaturally where God is very, very clearly saying, it's finished, it's over, it's done. The ceremonial law is finished. Okay, so to summarize, your ceremonial law begins at the at sin and ends at the cross. Your theocracy begins at Moses, ends at Nebuchadnezzar, and everything else stays. Simple as that. Any further questions, then would love to uh, hear your thoughts on it. This is going to be Katie Gustafson with Depth of Mercy. <laughs>
That was Katie Gustafsson with The Depth of Mercy. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. We've come to the end of the show. We're about to give something away this time entirely for free. You don't even need to answer the quiz question. you just got to be the first caller through. So, Liam, what are we giving away today? This morning, we you briefly mentioned it before in our Encounter with God series. Yes. It is Christ's Absolutely. Object Lessons by Ellen White. This is absolute gold. I don't think there is anybody out there who would not appreciate reading this and absorbing the lessons that it draws out. So give us a call right now, 1-800-324-843. This book was, is all about the parables of Jesus. So 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669 and you will learn things that you just simply never, ever knew before about the parables of Jesus. So give us a call on uh, that number and we will... Um, get a copy out to you for free. And that number is also useful for a lot of other things. If you've got any questions that you'd like to ask us, if you've, if you've like to, you know, contribute, tell us how much you love us. <laughs> uh, we would love to hear from you. Um, so yeah, that number again is 1-800-324-843 or 0491 Don't forget, don't forget this Saturday morning. Uh, be here or be there or be square, as they say. Um, 9.30, Saturday morning, right here on Faith FM for small group Bible study, interactive live Bible study. Matt Parra and myself uh, will be going through um, a small group Bible study right here. We'd love to have you join us. And, of course, as we go through this day, don't forget to live faith, talk faith, act faith. You will grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again.
Faith FM family, join our community on Facebook or get in touch on 1-800-FAITH-FM. Thank you. 
still be 